0: I.V.M. Welcome to Absolutely Right, the first graphology-based podcast show in India. I am your host, Aditi Surana. I am a graphologist and a high-performance coach. To make the most of this show, grab a notepad or diary where you have written something in your natural style. Let me clarify. Greeting cards, formal letters, legal or bank forms cannot be counted. As we all know, we write there in a formal, neat, and basically pretentious manner. So though these samples may work for a professional graphologist, at this point, when you're really exploring this beautiful subject, you must stick to a natural handwriting sample. In each episode, I will be dropping some graphology truth bombs. Go ahead, check if that trait, that stroke is present in your writing or not. If you find the stroke, then let me know how much do you agree with my description of your personality. Make a picture of your handwriting stroke and tag me. My Instagram handle is at Aditi Surana. Remember to do this if you do not agree with me and ask me a question. I am very confident that if you identify the stroke correctly, then the analysis must match. In short, challenge accepted. Bring it on. As you may already know, on our Wednesday episodes, you get to join a live handwriting analysis session with our guest. Today, we have a gold medalist microbiologist, Jasmitha Datta, who along with her day job at JSK Vaccines, also runs a fashion and lifestyle blog on Instagram called Sari underscore Nari. is also an LGBT ally and trainer and one curious cat with innumerable questions about graphology. As you listen to today's episode, make sure that you check out our new segments on the show. Autograph, please, where I describe how exactly the guest is misunderstood by people around them by analyzing their signatures. And graphology tool of the week, where I present a specific handwriting stroke and decode what it means for you to wear a graphologist's hat. Jais will join us on the other side of this short break. Stay tuned.
1: Hello everybody, welcome to an awesome, amazing, incredible week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you're not following us on social media, please do. Why aren't you? You should. It's absolutely essential that you do. It's IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Another fun week in the books last week, and I think you guys should definitely check out some of the shows that we did. So first, let me tell you about Cock and Bow. We did two Cock and bulls on Cyrus Says last week, which is I don't think we've ever done before. But there was just so much to talk about, and it was fun. Uh, the first one was just on Trish, myself, and Cyrus. The second one, we had Abhijit Ganguly on, and that was a great episode. Do check that out. Check out Know Your Kanun as well. It's been a while since I spoke about that show, but Umber's been doing a great job on it. This week, he spoke to Naina Sharma, a Canadian lawyer, about the ways that you do business in Canada and the challenges that that presents. Definitely very interesting stuff. Do check that out. The guys at Non Curry are doing some really, really fun stuff. Do check out their latest episode. They talk about roti. The simple bread, but it's got some complications to it. Let them tell you about what they are. Do check that out. Also, do definitely check out the Wire Talks with Siddharth Party. He's been killing it, man. It's just a new show, but what great conversations. This week, he had Siddharth Singh on to talk about pollution. Do check that out. And you know what, guys? The best news of all, Simplified is back. They've been back for a few weeks and I haven't called them out before, but remember that they're back and do check them out. This week, they talk about does censorship make sense? Knowing the guys, I think I know the answer to that, but you should go check that out. And with that, let's go back to your show.
2: So hi, Jaismita. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Aditi. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I have your
0: handwriting in front of me. Shoot, what questions do you want me to answer? And I know you've been very, very curious about this topic. So go ahead. I'm all ready. Uh
2: I mean, the way handwriting can unravel your personalities and those kind of things, it's pretty intriguing and and i think i love the fact that you're doing it and thank you for this opportunity as well so i have a lot of questions and and i think it's just the curiosity that builds in when you actually give your uh, sample to somebody it's just yeah. like how you are sitting in front of a palmist and you don't know so, so it, before it's
0: just- we, before we go ahead i'm going to interrupt you here this is exactly how handwriting is different because when you sit in front of an astrologer or a palmist or anybody who can predict future they actually have a complete insight into where your life gonna go and the trajectory of it whereas graphology fortunately uh, does not allow us to do that and I'm saying fortunately very carefully because this is a psychological analysis so I'm going to talk about your personality the nuances of why you think the way you do and I always feel that you know even if you know where your life gonna go it's almost like a road which is pre-decided Whereas if you're in the driving seat, you can't do much about the road, but you can do a lot about how you'll drive your car, which is your personality. So if we Lovely. look at your handwriting and your personality correlation, then based on my feedback, you can really change your driving style and probably be able to deal with whatever road shows up in a, in a better way. That's the whole attempt. So, So isn't it just like how we say living in the moment? No, it cannot be because wherever you are right now comes from all your childhood learnings your parental treatment your conditioning so when you show up right now in the moment we are never in the moment we are actually part of a lot more than the moment right we have the whole journey with us so even if I look at your writing right now it talks about your past behavioral patterns so not what happened but how you built up your say fears your challenges your your actual uh fear-based mechanisms, all of that as a result of your
2: behavior, it shows up. Wow. So so tell me, Aditi, uh, isn't it like, uh, uh, you know, we have a lot of psychometric tests, right, based on NLPs and those kind of things. So how does graphology fit in this whole thing? Because that also tells a lot about your characteristics and personality. So I would say
0: graphology is very, very close to psychometric testing. So when you look at any other psychometric test, you are given most of the time a question and multiple choice answers. right? Yes. And you pick one of them and you are thinking about two things. One, what, what would I like to know about myself by, by answering this one? Also, what the test is thinking about me when I answer this one? Have you gone cool. through those tests? Yes, I have. I have done a couple of them. I'm certified into four of them, like MBTI and Pyro B and others. So I, I learned all of them to make sure that I bring in more structure to graphology because it's also a psychometric assessment, which uh, otherwise we do not have as a robust research-based structure to give a report or you know to kind of come up with a complete assessment of a personality. So in my research, when I was trying to bring graphology up to the speed, I did all other testing.
2: Oh, wow. So Aditi, that brings me to one question here, you know, and, and it's just again a curiosity. So in these uh, NLP based programs, we, we are asked similar questions uh, multiple times to see, you know, how, how are we answering, etc. So and, and, and I see that our handwriting, at least my handwriting changes a lot. so so uh, and it depends on my mood it depends on the purpose i'm writing it so if i'm writing a very formal one i'll write i will consciously write it where i'm writing just something casually it can just go haywire so and and similar to nlp so we are also doing it based on our mood etc so how how this works so handwriting has three parts one is where you actually
0: Uh, do not change in certain aspects so the pressure of your writing is very very difficult to alter even if you decide to do that when it comes to writing with that kind of uh, vigor that you show is how you think and how you live so it's very difficult for somebody to change you have things which keep changing every three to six years which means when you go through a transition from school to college your handwriting change you remember yes then after college so this is very very clear distinction it happens to all of us but even in school every three to four years your handwriting went through some kind of change because as a person you are changing and because it reflects it talks about it now why i prefer handwriting over other psychometric tests here is a reason it also talks about the uh, momentary mood swings in your writing for example your handwriting size Mm -hmm. changes Every now and then, when you're writing on a formal letter is different, You're writing casually, making notes, making to do, it keeps changing. The slant also varies a bit, like whether it tilts to the right or straight. And you know, there is a variation there. Now, those are the things which, and many other, actually talk about your temporary mindset. Right now, what is happening? What is happening this week? So when I meet my clients every two weeks, I literally look at the sample and talk about, oh... These two weeks were XYZ and they're like, How do you know? Because <laughs> handwriting captures it. No magic, no no you know, no skill like that. It just the study that is so accurate.
2: Wow. That that's really interesting. And when you say that there are these temporary sides, are there also permanent sides to your handwriting? Like something which doesn't change at all? Like your pressure.
0: There are so many other minute things. which, For example, you cannot alter oh. the spacing between your letters, the spacing between your words. It is subconscious. You cannot uh, consciously okay. control it, but it okay. gives away so much of information. So it's fascinating. Wow. So it's let me get to your right now. Yeah, let's do that. Let's just dive in. <laughs> let's dive in. So yeah. tell me, when we look at your self-esteem, I look at, uh, I'm looking at a very particular stroke. Now, in handwriting, the way you cross your T's, uh, you know, there is a phrase, right? The way you dot your I's and cross your T's is very, very important. And most of the time, people talk about that because they're talking about detailing, somebody who would pay attention. But in graphology, when we look at one single letter T, there are more than 52 ways of writing it. Now, I'm going to pick up your T and talk about two, three aspects of it. First, you cut your T really, really high. Now, By high, mm-hmm. I mean, it barely touches the, the vertical line. So when it touches the vertical line, it's flying to the right. So it's almost like somebody who has dreamed so high, she wants to fly with it. And she is on the edge of the, the building. And she wants to jump off and believes in her wings. And she's so willing to jump off that so many times relating to everyday life becomes so difficult, boring mm-hmm. and uninteresting.
2: So true, Aditi. Oh my God, that's like a mirror. You're holding a mirror in front of me. Oh.
0: So so let's look at this aspect, and I feel yes. I can talk about so many uh, ambitions, so many achievements, so many uh, challenges that can be described or in a way uh, decoded by this one particular stroke. Okay. Now, right. when we look at your desire being very very high, you think. 10 years down the line with anything you do. So if you're starting a project, you say, okay, if I do this, after 10 years, I will achieve this. After 10 years or 12 years, we will buy a house here. We will build this property. Now, your your ideas are very vivid and very, very clear. They're also impractical in the moment. Oh my God, tell me about it. (laughs) Yes, so when you actually go and talk to people about it, they're (laughs) like, yeah, whatever, this may happen, may not happen. And you feel impatient while talking to them yes. like, why don't you get it i'm trying to explain this this is so simple because in your head it's very very simple but yeah. not for
2: these people around you yeah and they, I, I, that's where Aditi. sorry to cut you i think that's no, where no. i get misunderstood so much yes i i can totally understand I can totally understand. Because, you know, the way I'm portraying for me, like you said, it's so simple. It's so simple to window shop. I have grown up window shopping. So I'm window shopping those ideas. But when I'm trying to show them that what I have put in my wish list, it's just not visible. Yep. True. And
0: this is where your impatience to explain things to them gets to you and kind of creates the hassle that you are, you know, mostly confronted with. Now I'm going to take a step back and talk about the kind of hassle that you go through. Now, Mm -hmm. impatience also brings in that particular stroke that I was talking about when T is written in a way that the the horizontal line flies Mm -hmm. on the right side, like flies off on the right side. It talks about temper. All right. So when you get impatient, you also get temperamental and Mm -hmm. with temperamental, Behavior comes the the fear and edgy feeling in other people's minds around you, and they do not know when you would burst, and they're constantly yeah. kind of weighing their steps into the conversation, and then going back and weighing again, and going back. And though your pain is real, their fear is also real.
2: Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is like you know. Sometimes I I'm feeling you know when you are saying this whole thing, I'm also thinking that. Yeah, it is so true. Because there are facts which I don't realize otherwise. And when you're saying it, it is so true. And that's how people react. And then you wonder because you do not see it yeah. like that. You're
0: like, but I'm trying to make a And it is so important for me. And that's why I'm losing my mind. In your case, in your mind, that the story is very linear. But this is where we have to really pay attention. Most Correct. of the time when our stories are real, they're one-sided. Though we are feeling hurt about it, our stories are one-sided. Now, it is very important every now and then for us to step away from our stories and understand what was happening here. Oh, I lost my mind, but was the the other person really responsible for it? Because we cannot know that in the moment. You can know that before the moment or after the moment. So imagine a soldier who wants to really, really win the war. He cannot be working out. On the field. He has to work okay. out before the war or after the war. If he starts working out on the field to build his muscles, that's not going to help. Absolutely. Similarly, I would highly recommend anybody who has a stroke like that and looks at, you know, temper as a concern. Please uh, journal around this question. It's really, really helpful because when you're temperamental, let's less accept. You are impatient. Not only you, yeah. everybody, all of us. Yeah. When we are temperamental, we are impatient. We are controlling the situation. We are aggressive. We do not want to back off because with temper comes our ego-activated defense mechanisms. So we don't <laughs> want to budge. We become really yeah.
2: strong and stubborn. Yeah, yeah. we no. are. It's a series of chemical reactions leading to a hydrogen bomb. Exactly. And that is so
0: automatic. because There is no control. So when your temper ticks off, not yours. Again, I'm saying this over and over yeah, again. I but understand. Person, I understand. It's more <laughs> or like a description of a trait. So exactly. all of us, when we get temperamental, we get into this zone of being like a wall that other people cannot break. So the journaling question here, which I feel can come really handy, is ask yourself, if I had to look at that situation again, what would I choose? And yeah. do that after you are calm, You know, after you are cooled down, look at that like because when we get temperamental we do not most of the time achieve the final objective which is to move forward or convey the idea that you really wanted to or get the other person on board to move forward and have fun you know that's the whole idea you want to dream big and you want to achieve more so that you can be happier happier than where you are but in the process if we get really wired up if we get really stuck then we are not happy through the process and then there is no idea And I say this a lot, you know, I have rarely seen people who struggle through the journey and suddenly became happy when they achieved their goal. Most people who I found got their, you know, kind of uh, so-called formula or mantra for happiness really enjoyed the journey. And though it was tough and it was really, really difficult for them to walk through it, they crawled through it, but they were really happy about the process. Absolutely. Uh, sorry Aditi continue so here is what I want to bring in now because so many times you get really excited about the end result that big dream that big big idea you do not get as committed to the process as you would like to yeah okay so it is really counterintuitive for you especially but another side of your personality that comes from the way you write your letter M when you write your letter M uh, the, the stroke has two humps, which is like this, you know, how McDonald has those yes. big humps in the letter M. Now, if you write your M with that kind of curves, that means you really love to gather information and do research. And I'm sure you have so many books around and material gathered that one day you want to read, but you, you haven't <laughs> read it yet. But <laughs> and that need for information and research is very crucial which also shows that you enjoy processes that also shows that once you get into the groove and your own rhythm then just being able to do things and just being able to be in the process is what your actual you know achievement or excitement or or love comes from so tell me what do you do oh my
2: god yeah tell me what do i do yeah you tell me what do you do with with that kind of engagement which are the activities that you pick up so see I have always been like that I have I love books uh, around me so even if you have to probably write an answer in my college days or school days so I I would not go to the textbook I would go to different uh, avenues which are around me can be an encyclopedia can be those uh, other books history books and then I'll gather information because I feel you know I must know, I must know the entirety, the yes. totality of it. So that is, uh, yeah, I think that is a uh, very well picked up. And right now in, a, in our uh, kind of lifestyle where we don't read too much books, at least I don't get time to, uh, very, very wrongly said, of course I don't, but I would want to. Yeah. But I keep collecting and when I collect these books, I, I pick, I pick, say, a paragraph or two or say a chapter and I'll read those chapters which actually I really want to and yeah. and that I will keep reminiscing and probably write a journal or do a doodling about it. So it, it, I keep doing these kind of research, not just with books, but with many other things as well. So even if I have to buy, like I said, my window shopping list is super high. Uh, so things are in the wait list and a wish list, so yeah like that that's how I am and uh, I, I never realized this trait of mine, Aditi unless uh, you told because we don't speak about these things out loud so most of the time we don't right we do not objectively look at
0: ourselves like yeah. when you buy a device like a phone or anything it comes with a manual our personalities yeah. have no manuals and we have <laughs> no clue how to operate this machine most of the time
2: we, we keep struggling and we just live by yeah absolutely (laughs) and and that's what has happened in motherhood also if you see that it it comes without any manual it comes with nuskas and uh, those kind of things which has been passed on for generation and then you feel some things are so illogical so where do you find logic about it so that's where I started actually reading after I became a mom to understand why certain things are certain ways sure sure so let's get to our our
0: next segment with where I actually look at your signatures to talk about uh-huh. your personality. But here, signatures talk about your public image. So they do not talk about who you are as much as handwriting does. But signatures okay. are like, you know, how when we step out of our houses, we suddenly have that formal behavior mask. Now, along with the COVID mask, we also have carried this for generation. Yeah. The mask, like when somebody asks, how are you? We mostly say, I'm fine, because that's the mask is trained into But these are obvious things. The mask also has multiple minute things which most people are unaware of. We project ourselves in a certain way, but we are very, very different. Now, signature can give us that information. So in the segment autograph, please, I'm going to talk about how people misunderstand you more than anything else.
2: Oh, yes. Tell me.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to say certain things. And after that, do tell me your experience with actually being misunderstood in that particular way. Okay. So when you are in public, people genuinely feel, and I'm talking about women around you, they genuinely feel that you are constantly comparing them with you. And you're very competitive. Whereas in in life, you're not. You're like, oh, Why are they constantly bothering me? And they feel they have to like be one up. Whereas that is not my thinking and that's not how I look at these women or the situation I'm just being myself but they do feel intimidated and they get into competition with you
2: true that's so so true
0: so tell us when was when when did you feel this when were you really surrounded by by female competition
2: I, I see, that's, that happened all my life in my college, okay? okay. So somehow, like I told you, I, I went by researching, right? I, I studied with research and I, I used to score. I never studied too much. So uh, all my college life, I stood first, okay? Wow. And and without studying much. So imagine I partied, I did everything, everything, everything. And, it, it, and I never wanted to become first. I really wanted to give the people who are actually having 100% attendance and where I, I used to just... <laughs> cross the mark and those kind of things so and and they never could and I never tried to but it just happened so they thought that I'm extremely competitive yeah. so while I was actually not at all and I felt actually very sad when I used to go up the stage and grab the shield whatever they gave me <laughs> because there were these other uh, girls those, who came yeah. 100% with 100% attendance which is out of the world I never had it They used to really study the books. They used to really, really study the books. What I concentrated was on presentation. I used to give my answers in such a way that the other person actually understood what I wrote, not write and write and write. Now I
0: want to interrupt you here. And that is exactly what happens even now. When you're surrounded with women, now understand this, your public image or your signature talks about it. Thereby, you got to really look at this situation and compensate for it easily. For example, if you're surrounded by women, this is natural for them to feel intimidated by your presence,
1: not because you're
0: doing anything.
2: yeah it, it does happen even now Aditi and I think it just continues having that was a college incident this this happens now where uh, say I, I like uh, growing uh, or leading by example or or taking good examples from others so right. if I try uh, taking say I compliment somebody and I say you've done something really nice and I would like to take it they would say that I'm competing with them Yep. you know now, so but okay. that's not my intent
0: at all but even if that is not your intent, that comes in your public image. And yeah. thereby people constantly feel that. For example, all of us do it in some or other ways. Like we have yellow signal on on, on our heads when we are actually blue colors. You know, and we, we have that yellow signal and we keep calling people who are looking for yellow. True. We are not aware. We are blue. So when people come and they say, okay, are you the yellow? We, I was looking for you like, no, I'm the blue. What are you talking about? So in your case, you're not competitive as a person. And I don't see that in your handwriting. So thereby, as a person, you're not. But in your signature, you do uh, show the trait to be, you know, very, very open and in a way intimidating to the same sex, a very particular trait in your writing that says that. Now, what you can do about it, yeah. the first thing first is when you are surrounded with women, just mentally, like, you know, probably you have to walk that extra mile just make them
2: comfortable. Okay. So is there any way I can change my signature then? <laughs> like anything that I can do to, you know, see, like you said, it, it, it just exhibits what I feel or how I am and what my subconscious is. So can I do something, some kind of a practice to that that changes it? So signature being a
0: public image, is, is a mask. So I believe when you uh-huh. really want to change something in your mask, you first Got build it. the skill within So if you change the personality, so we create, we design signatures based on certain personality assessments. I would look at your writing first for a few days, change certain things in your writing. And along with that, slowly, steadily change the signature. I give it 42 days because I feel it's an identity shift, right? It is not changing one behavior. It's an entire identity that you're moving. So it requires a lot of intensity and because graphology or graphotherapy, as we call this subject, is very, very uh, minute and it's simple in a way. And we're like, but who writes nowadays? Most of the time people do not feel oh. it would work, but it does. And, you know, for me, I have seen the case studies after case studies after case studies. So for me, it's like like the obvious truth. I wish I can yeah. communicate this enough and people can try this enough for them to really see they can shift so many struggles like the, yeah. the obvious struggle of fighting with other women around you has been part of your life and you have felt that with close relationships the social exactly. circles and yeah. you wondered all along why is it happening why can't we get it right true. why is it so important you know, all of these questions can be answered right there
2: true and and yeah they think just when you uh, talk about it it also says you you also mentioned that i'm pretty open about things right which is true and and that also intimidates people and and that's so surprising because i think we are more uh, we are conditioned in such a way that we are very subdued women have to be in certain behave in certain way or uh, they have to uh, they have to abide by the social norms and societal things where where i'm trying to question everything and and that also intimidates people and I feel that
0: one thing you know about you is so strong so clear so evident then no matter what happens do not change that now what happens (laughs) with other people because they can't accept us we start molding ourselves in ways that we become something else now that is a problem most of the struggles that you experience come from the fact that you do not want to give up on who you are And I think that is incredible. And that comes from the fact that what I was describing in your letter T, you really have very high self-esteem. So when your T is cut or when you actually place your horizontal line up high on that vertical line, that shows your self-belief is very, very high, naturally, inborn. You know, it's not something that you have done, just because how you believe in yourself. Now... Because you believe in yourself and others do not believe in you, you do not want to give up the ideas, the dreams, the ideologies. But so you've got to practice, and that requires a lot of patience, which you really have to cultivate, but yeah. you've got to practice how to break your large ideas into bite-sized pieces for people around you to digest. And that is not because your ideas are less important, that's because you really want these people to come with you. And when you break those bigger ideas into small bite-sized pieces for them to understand what is expected from them right now, they will be able to really make sense of the situation. Wow.
2: Aditi, that's so true. You know, that brings me to my mental health struggle too because that's what I'm struggling with. And I have never understood why I'm struggling with mental health. I have been uh, diagnosed with this for such a long time. I have been on medication for such a long time. It's been more than four years now. Now, uh, And and just that last month, I just stopped all my medications because nothing just worked. And I thought, okay, I will concentrate on my behavioral aspects. Let me try and look at, let me take that journey inward. And I I have not been able to find out the root cause. Aditi, it's right there. You just told me what it is. Having said and they have to break their dreams into smaller pieces. And you have
0: to, that's one part. Second part is you also have to demonstrate your commitment by acting on it. Sometimes you give up on those ideas because other people are not excited about it. And then they do not trust you because you said it last time and you didn't do anything about it. And you said it and you didn't do anything about it. So in their minds, they feel that you say it, but you don't do it. So break yeah. it in digestible, small, bite-sized pieces for them and demonstrate the action. How you would do it for your daughter. You know, you would break it for her so that she can understand. And then you'll also demonstrate the action because she has to see her mother do it for her to actually do it. You no know, words won't stay with her if she doesn't see the act. Same Absolutely. with people in your case.
2: Absolutely. So, so tell me something, now that you actually diagnosed uh, this aspect and which is actually troubling my mental health, how does graphotherapy helps in these kind of things? So, If, if, if I want to take it as an alternative to medication, how does that help? How, the, how would somebody take that journey? So many times
0: when people come and they're already seeing psychiatrists or they're actually on medication, I wouldn't stop the medication immediately. I would create parallel behavioral patterns. So, uh, my research lies in graphotherapy. That's like my main, main you know, passionate area of work. graphology. I love and I, I keep saying that, you know, something I, I blush every time I talk about anybody's handwriting sample. But graphotherapy is where the medicine or treatment or therapy happens. So you have got to use the strokes in a way that you can actually create a behavioral pattern. Now, any behavior is built up of multiple micro behaviors. So yeah. you can't change one thing. like You can't change only your T and expect your self-esteem to go high because it's not a quick fix. It's not like, you know, solving a problem just by a magic wand. That's not how it works. It is a behavioral treatment, thereby you practice a stroke over and over and over again. And while that is happening, in the session, I kind of ask you certain questions, give you certain tools for you to relook at your situation the way we did it just now. You relook at the same situation of not being understood for your dreams with a different technique. Now, if I had to do it with graphotherapy, you would not fall back on being impatient as much as you do at this moment. Now, these are the ways in which we create a process as a two-way process. And then the changes, uh, most of the time people do not go back to their old behavioral patterns. And for me, that is very, very important. I'm very happy if people come to us with different issues. But if they come come to us with the same issues, that means we didn't do the job in the previous module or something. So <laughs> most of the time, people don't come yes. back with same issues.
2: Okay. Great. Thank you so much. Great. I for think being that's on the such show. a good way. My <laughs> pleasure. My pleasure. Aditya. I know. Now this is a disclaimer. Okay.
0: For next forty eight hours, you're going to think about these words and these comments over and over again, at least for forty eight hours. So do make notes and make sure that you ponder on the journaling question that I mentioned. Absolutely. And I would so do on the- that for sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I'm really, really happy that this conversation
2: went so open and, and really exploratory. Thank you. It really helped me a lot. You see, I, I actually touched one of the uh, beneath the iceberg uh, areas. So on the other side of the break, we're going to talk
0: about graphology tool of the week, where I'm going to talk about a specific trait, a stroke that can really help you understand how you look at your 24 hours in a day. I'll see you on the other side of the break.
3: Have you ever wondered how successful people do their thing? How do they navigate the challenges they often face? Are you wondering about the future of restaurants, film, education, technology, and everything else in between? Hi, I'm Gauri Devidayal, best known for being one of the brains behind the table, an award-winning restaurant in Bombay. One thing my life as a restauranter has given me is the opportunity to meet with some truly inspiring people, most often just by chatting with strangers at the community table. And that's what this podcast is about. It's about learning the new dimensions of business and understanding how different people swim this sea. It's an opportunity for me to pick their brains and ask them all the questions on my mind. Whether it's about learning from their past experiences or talking about future trends. Through their journeys, stories and insights, I hope you too, like me, will come away inspired and energized. So come, join me
0: every Wednesday with your favorite drink because this round is on me. How did you like this conversation? Do you have the researcher M or the temper T? As I said, personalities do not come with manuals. At times, we spend many years with someone and we still fail to understand them. Let's learn the graphology tool of the week to decode your own as well as someone else's personality further. Now for this part, it will help if you have some handwriting samples in front of you. In today's case, a paragraph written spontaneously on an unruled paper would be just perfect. If you want the specific instructions I use while creating a handwriting sample and the diagrams of the traits I'm about to describe, then visit aditisurana.com podcast and look for podcast number 77. Let's get to the stroke. Each morning when you wake up, you're given fresh new 24 hours to do whatever you like. Technically speaking, you can do anything. But each one of us spends the same 24 hours in our unique style. We have different routines, habits, priorities. Let's take another example. Did you get a monthly or weekly allowance growing up? How did you spend it? Some kids spent it all. Others saved it all for something special. Some spent on temptations and others needed their best friend's approval before they made up their mind. Here the amount didn't matter. Back in the day, the same say 100 rupees Meant a lot for all of us. Each child dealt with that treasure of 100 rupees in a different manner. I asked each client to write a handwriting sample on a blank unruled paper. Now you may think, that's simple. What's the big deal in writing on a blank paper? And how these examples are even connected? When researchers collected handwriting samples of hundreds of people, they found each person filled the page in a different manner. Graphologically speaking, unknowingly, you treat a blank sheet of paper exactly the way you treat your day. Now, let me elaborate this point further. Instead of looking deeper into the writing, move it away from you. Stretch your hand and hold your writing sample in front of you at a distance, as if you're holding the Karvachotwali channi to look at the moon exactly that way. Now, each page is filled in a peculiar way. There are more than 17 ways in which you can look at it. I'm going to talk about three ways right now. Option number one, the writer fills the entire page end to end, edge to edge, utilizing each square centimeter on the paper as if it is some real estate, expensive real estate in South Bombay or South Delhi. Or it reminds you of the old sari store where the walls were filled to the ceiling with all the saris. This writing style is a sign of being workaholic. No play, only work this writer struggles to accommodate other people's contrary points of view. Option number two. On the contrary to the previous one, this writer leaves a lot of space all around the paragraph, say about inch and a half or two. Feels like he is on a fortified island where he has built tall walls to protect himself. This style shows the writer is cautious with social interactions, transactions. They do not like to take any risk, as if walking closer to the edge of the page is equal to walking on the wall and someone may push them off into the sea. Option number three, if you fold the right side of your page before you start writing to create a margin, the way some of us were taught in school or some government employees do it while writing applications or complaint letters, then that talks about your childhood or upbringing. This means the writer was brought up with too much discipline by their parents, grandparents, schools, even boarding school for that matter. And as an adult, even when you realize that you are not supposed to abide by the rules, you feel confined by them. If you haven't found any one of these options in your writing, don't be disheartened. Go ahead, find the straight in someone else's writing. Make people write after all these years. And remember, you got to tag me in your handwriting photograph. My Instagram handle is at Aditi Surana. Even while talking about this, I'm smiling year to ear. It's a privilege to introduce new people to the world of graphology. You know, if you're intrigued by this conversation, then let me remind you that this month's graphology masterclass batch starts this Saturday on 5th of December. It is not a professional training, but specially designed for beginners to really understand themselves and the loved ones at a deeper level. It's a great way to detect your anxiety patterns and actually understand what goes inside your fears. All the details are mentioned on my website, aditisurana.com. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Absolutely Right. If you like this podcast, then don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. Last month, we launched many new shows. You can listen to us on the IBM Podcast app or IBMpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IBM Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Let's connect on Friday. Till then, happy writing!
2: How many times have you motivated yourself to improve your sleep or lose weight or be more productive? How many times have you failed? Hi, my name is Ashton Doctor. Tune into my show, The Habit Coach Podcast, where we focus on creating small, tiny habits to improve your life instead of those big, impossible tasks. So make listening to me a habit every Monday, Wednesday and Friday on the IVM Podcast app or ivmpodcast.com or on your favorite podcasting app.
1: Beta, did you know 79% of all scientists in Nasa are Indian only? Look, in India, tax is middle class. Everyone is just enjoying free, man. Today's youngsters are only interested in partying and enjoying. They
3: not Beta you can enjoy life like anything. I will tell you what this country needs. This country needs
1: 15 years of dictatorship. That is the only, the only way to become a superpower. See the Chinese. How much they have progressed? So now you for WhatsApp forward. देखा? So
3: what's common between all of these statements? They're all absolutely rubbish. Fake WhatsApp forwards that spread like wildfire. And statements that defy any logic. They are here to debunk them all. Way of family WhatsApp groups, worst nightmare where what happens when you read a book basically we are just a bunch of guys who want to cut through the bullshit of everyone saying this how it won't be true so that the next time someone confidently squeezes out some whatsapp or twitter bs you can look them dead in the eye and go uncle please sit so join me Joel and me Tushar, every Mondays for a fresh new episode of uncle
1: please sit